0: This is Pastor Troy. I hope you're doing well. We are wrapping up season two, but you know what that means? The best of season two. Here it comes. It's coming right at you in just a minute, but don't worry. We're in the studio. We're getting ready. We're getting things lined up, and very soon we'll be unveiling season three of On the Dock. In the meantime, you can go back, watch season one. Check it out. It is fantastic. It's not outdated. Go catch it. And now we're in season two, and get ready for this best of season two episode. the doc with pastor troy here on the doc.org every tuesday and thursday we're dropping out these amazing podcasts thank you for joining us again and we're all about conversations propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep got in the chairs here got some good ones in the chairs we'll introduce them to you in a minute let's tell us how to find us we got we got i got my favorite team here i mean i'm not i'm not making the others aren't my favorite but y'all are my favorite you know, I good love ones. It. good ones, good ones. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, go find us there. Those are our main sites as well as Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, Sermonet. And we'd love to hear you chat with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, and now on Getter. When you find us, please hit subscribe, like, notify punch button, like button, whatever the button is on that thing that says you liked us. And we'd love to hear from you, chat on it and comment, but mostly share it with family, friends and others so they can find us as well. And we'd love to have you as a partner on our Patreon site. Go to Patreon, download the app if you'd like, or you can link over through our website, and you can find out how to be a sponsor at three levels. And there's four levels of partnership, and you can find out what those mean. We'd love to talk to you about it. If you have any questions, email us at info at on the doc.org. I'd love to meet with you. And uh, you can go to on the doc.org, our website. It's got an embedded viewer, historical. You can go back and look at our archives, and you can link over to all these things we've talked about. And I've got on my set, I've got my, to my right, my favorite of all, Mother Beth.
1: I thought you were going to say your favorite wife.
0: My, well, you are my favorite wife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're, 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 my, you're my, my last uh, wife.
2: Yeah. And first her, first, first and, last. and last. First and last. <laughs> right. last.
0: Yeah. Cause I will die if I do anything else. And across the table, Don, oh, there, oh, there's Beth's solo picture. I got your solo <laughs> okay, picture. <move> okay. <laughs> now it's a great picture of you. I got to jump over. Got Donna. Kronisky. How you doing Donna? I'm good. Are you I'm doing good? good. Donna's yeah. in here. Donna's, Donna's doing well. She, are you blessed today? I am. You're extremely blessed today. Yes. But you, 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 okay, you've had blessings this week. Um, in your work life, you've also had sadness in the week in your pet life. Yes. So you, you lost a dear loved cat and yep. And you're here though. Yes. I mean, is tough. Donna? But
2: our, the cat was 22 to 24 years old. So a so life well lived. Oh It says you're not sad. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: We got a dog that's lived about two years too long and he just stumbled around the house and he's yeah. in diapers.
2: Yeah. The cat was pretty angry. Yeah. She, she wasn't uh, happy.
0: I offered to come, <laughs> come help you take your cat and take him on that journey tomorrow. To, uh, yesterday and just take Bo with you. Bo could have gone, it could have, see if we get a two for one special. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The vets, I mean, I don't know if they give two for one specials. I, on I don't name. think so. so. Yeah, no. I always offer to do a 38 special on, on the pets <laughs> when it's time for them to go, but I'm not trying to be cruel. I'm just saying in the old days you took, you know,
2: well, teeny tiny animals are kind yeah. of more difficult. I think. Yeah. To yeah.
0: Do that in my book, you need smaller caliber, like 25 or 22. All right. I'm, we, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, ladies. Move on. I'm an old farmer. I've got that old background in me. You know, thank you. You know, you love your dog. You take care. Of it. All right. Lucas is over here. Lucas is in studio with us today. He's always in the studio. He's running the board back there. But he's got his own camera and we got a microphone for him today. Yep
1: just for today just, for, just today. for today we
0: are working on getting him a permanent microphone and we're going to work on another guest location spot we're working on that now so you'll be seeing us as we grow here at on the dock so thank you for joining us We've got everybody here we got ready to go a Micah live humbly on on the dock season two Digging Deeper Super Series. We've already done Colossians, and this will be our second Digging Deeper in the Word. One of the things that we wanna do with On the Dock this year uh, was get get. we, we wanna have our guests in, we wanna talk about things going in the community, we wanna expose you to ideas, but we also wanna give you some series where you can get deeper in the Word. So as you're traveling, you're driving, you can just let the Word penetrate you. And this is a series we did at Community Faith Church uh, earlier in uh, 2022. If you go back and look around around March, April, it kind of pre-led up to Easter. So if you want to watch a full sermon series, you want to see Don and the worship team do amazing worship in that. Go to the Community Faith Church website. You can dig back in our archives there at coftv.com. You can also go to YouTube for Community Faith Church. You can go back and watch those full sermons. You're going to get the basically the 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 Micah for Dummies here, the the shorter version of it. And then, but what we're going to really do is be able to talk more about it and get into it, have some conversation with you. And we hope you'll send us some ideas back too. We'd love for you to use our social media site. Lucas can put those social media things up on the bottom, I think in a lower third. You can always chat back with us and we'd we'll love to talk to you about the social media uh, content of this. Just ask questions. If you if you got comments on some of the discussion today, just throw those up and, um, and we would love to talk to you. I think it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Telegram, and we're now on Getter. So you can go to those sites and kind of talk back to us, and we would love to interact with you on those episodes. Today we're in the introduction of it, part one. This is an eight-part series, actually. Mike is a, a good-sized text; it's got seven chapters. So we're going to cover a l- the introduction today, and we're going to do. Uh, the first part of Micah, Micah 1, 1 through 16, probably. We might break it up depending on time. We try to keep these episodes, you know, about 40, 45, 50 minutes or so. So we'll see how it goes. And we got some good content for you. So I think we're gonna have a good time with it. Hey, as we did on the Colossians series, when we do it on the church here, we have a bumper. We, we, We pick up these fancy bumpers and bumpers are things we use kind of before we start the sermon. Uh, So we can kind of have a cut point if we ever want to cut the music off or cut the announcements off and know where the sermon proper is. We put these bumpers in. And so I put the bumper in here because when it's just me, Donna and and Beth, I can start coughing like I am now, or we need to, maybe we just need 30 seconds to go run around the room and shout glory or something (laughs) like that. You know, I don't know. And so I've got this bumper, so we'll use it one time here. okay? But then we'll use it occasionally if we get in crisis, if we get in crisis or we just We just want to take a break. We'll use our bumper. Here's our bumper here for the, for the, for the Micah series. Oh, boom, chicka boom. I like it's got that little bit of funky move to it. You know? It's got a great vibe. I know. I hated it at first. So I'm I'm going to tell the story about that before we get started. This bumper when I played it the first time was just for me horrible. <laughs> it was garbage. Mm. It was just like it was it's not blues, it's not sitting on the dock of the bay. It's not, you know, this 55 56. Am I 55 or 56? I never know. When I'll, I'll, I'm somewhere <laughs> in that range. So. But yeah, I just it just didn't work for me, you know. And I thought, that's too funky, you know? And I, I here, I'll show you. Here's the the one, it, it, the package from Micah <laughs> came with more than one option to use. So I was going to go, my first was this one, Whoa! it's like angels are singing.
2: There's nothing wrong with this. Whoa!
1: 56
0: this year. I'm going to be 56? This year. See, my 56-year-old likes the script. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit of black and white, so it reminds me of my day. I was going to use that. I was set that the other one, our people couldn't tolerate the funky one. That it would be too out of the box. And then I started, I mean, honestly.
2: There's nobody in the box anymore.
0: I started to call Beth in and We're go, I started to call, to I know, out. I started to call Beth in and say, Beth, you pick, what do you think? And I just didn't want to really... I knew she would agree with her husband. So I thought, well, that's silly. You think? And then I got would thinking. You, would <laughs> you have agreed? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> you would have gone, gone with the funky one? Yeah. Okay. What, what, better than that, I thought, what would my son Josh do? Nobody's more hipster than my son Josh. Josh uh, is a cool cat. So he well, runs a coffee shop. Josh. He's WWJD. Had, yeah, yeah. So I thought, what would Josh do? I thought, Josh would go for the hip one. And I thought, but he's not here. So since he's not here, dad'll do what he wants to do. And so I was ready to go up until the Sunday morning. I literally had the whole sermon series in Lucas's cart to put into the sanctuary. I had the funky uh, old man cursive version of Micah there. What? Like angelic choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I had it ready to go. And then I asked myself, wonder what Lucas would like. Oh, and I thought, well, this is a no brainer. WWLD. Yeah. And I thought Lucas would think I'm cooler if I did the modern one. And then I thought, okay, Josh (laughs) and Lucas will think I'm cool if I do this. And so I switched it at like eight o'clock that morning. And then I thought, I'll just ask the congregation. So we took a poll of our congregation. It was 98% with the Mm -hmm. exception of one kid i couldn't believe one kid picked it Mm -hmm. i think it was jesse dean Mm -hmm. jesse dean's like jesse dean's like i like the old school one and daryl and daryl daryl's an old cowboy Mm -hmm. and 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 jesse i thought jesse would be hip jesse's like an old soul i mean jesse's kind of got my taste i think
2: he was confused
0: i I think he was confused (laughs) i i I think he was sitting next to a couple (laughs) of cute girls in the church and he wanted to show them he had his own identity yeah Yeah. yeah, so but 98 percent of our church picked the cool one and i thought I was cool after all. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to be doing Micah oh, live humbly. Yeah. You
2: went against your nature. I, I, I,
0: I went against my, it's one of the few times I've done it in years. And it was successful. It was very successful. I'm very proud. Hey,
1: listen, there's been several times that God has made me go against my nature.
0: Uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there's a lesson in there. There's yeah, a lesson yeah, in yeah. there. There you so, go. So, That's so guys, one of God's favorite things to do. Yeah, yeah. I do have the old one here. We may have to play it occasionally just to pacify me, but I got to where I really liked the new one. So I, I I can jam That's on it. Awesome. I just didn't have that. I don't have that. That I, you know when you do do like I'm like you know like this like riding a horse, but this one you got to no, kind of you yeah, got to you, you got to kind of do. Low Yeah vibe. yeah you got to yeah you got yeah, to See Donna can do it because she's oh, yeah. she's got I'm, skill. I'm,
2: I got that snakiness. She's got yeah you got that. <laughs> Ladies can do that. I can't do the. We're like know, I don't think so. This is more of a
0: Jiggy Jag song <laughs> versus you know dun 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 dun, dun you know so. All right, Micah, this has nothing to do with it, but I want to tell you what we go through to produce this show for you. I, I'm going to go with the funky, cool one. Tell let us know let us know on our social media which one of those you like. Did you like the old or the new? We want to see if the on the dock maybe you're more
2: Dan. maybe
0: on the dock crowds more with me and you want to go with the old school. I doubt. And uh, that. let's hear from you. Maybe we'll change it midway through. I do have it in the package, so we can play it. Hey, right, Let's get into the text here. We're in, Mike. If you're reading, if you're driving your car, don't stop driving. I'm going to read to you, but we're going to read to you the text just so you have have it heard once, and then we'll start breaking it down a little bit. And and, and these ladies can get in, Lucas can jump in anytime. and uh, But we'll get the scripture read to you right now from Micah. Micah chapter one, verses one through 16. We're from the New Living Translation version of the Bible. So let me let me, let me me get this to you. The Lord gave this message to Micah of Morseth uh, during the years when Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Judah. The vision he saw concerning both Samaria and Jerusalem. Attention, let all the people of the world listen. Let the earth and the earth in it hear. The sovereign Lord is making accusations against you. The Lord speaks from his holy temple. Look, the Lord is coming. He leaves his throne in heaven and tramples the heights of the earth. The mountains melt beneath his feet and flow into the valleys like wax in a fire, like water pouring down a hill. And why is this happening? Because of the rebellion of Israel. Yes, the sins of the whole nation, who is to blame for Israel's rebellion, Samaria, its capital, where is the center of idolatry in Judah in Jerusalem, its capital. So I the Lord will make the city of Samaria a heap of ruins, her streets will be plowed up for planting vineyards, I will roll the stones of her walls into the valley below exposing her foundations, all her carved images will be smashed, all her sacred treasures will be burned. These things were brought these things were bought with the money earned by her prostitution and they will now be carried away to pay prostitutes everywhere. Therefore, I will mourn and lament. I will walk around barefoot and naked. I will howl like a jackal and moan like an owl for my people's wounds is too deep to heal. It has reached into Judah, even to the gates of Jerusalem. Don't tell our enemies in Gath. Don't weep at all. You people in Bethlehem but roll in the dust to show your despair. You people in Safra, go as captives into Israel, naked and ashamed. The people of Zanan dare not come outside the walls. The people of Bethazel mourn for their house has no support. The people of Maroth anxiously wait for relief, but only bitterness awaits them as the Lord's judgment reaches, even to the gates of Jerusalem. Harness your chariots, horses and flee you people of Lachish. You were the first city in Judah to follow Israel in her rebellion. And you led Jerusalem into sin. Send farewell gifts to Morseth Gath. There is no hope of saving it. And, and the town of Aksib has deceived the king of Israel. O people of Merseth, I will bring a conqueror to capture your town and the leaders of Israel will go to Adullam. O people of Judah, shave your heads in sorrow, for the children you love will be snatched away. Making your, make yourselves as bald as a vulture, for your little ones will be exiled to distant lands. Guys, I'm just telling you, when you have to read that on a Sunday, that's one of the readings. We do a lot of our readings here at the Community Faith Church. We do them kind of together with one voice. It's a long reading, which we do long readings. But that one's got, as I tell people, that's got lots of name challenges. Mm -hmm. That may be one of the hardest ones you have to read on a Sunday. You have to have people give people freedom to do milly Vanilli on those names because those are tough. But uh, this is the start of Micah. It's a seven chapters that was chapter one. Uh, we're gonna kind of break that down here a little bit and help you understand Micah. Micah is all about the the book of Micah itself is all about God trying to get the attention of his people and bring forth a series of corrections. He, he wanted God wants our love more than anything. But He expects that that love be manifested, not just in love to him, but in how we treat each other, how we respect uh, one another, and that it should be paralleled both with our reflection of it toward him and and how we live that out in the world around us. And when we fail to do that, he will correct us. And so what we're going to see in Micah is God bringing three sets in three cycles. Let me show this chart here. He's going to bring three cycles of prophecy each one of them are basically the same charge. He just does it in a book. Bu- when the Bible says, you know, like holy, 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 or things in threes, mm-hmm. that means it's a decree of God. So the book of Micah is a a, a holy prophetic decree given in three judgments, along with three, I, I want to call these rebukes. But also it comes with three uh, kernels of prosper, uh, promise of hope. And so while they're very, very tough cycles of rebuke. And we just read the first cycle how he just is saying both Israel and Judah, we have split nations at this time. After David, then we have Solomon and Solomon dies and his sons, one son takes part of it and the other, the others begin to split off and you have a northern and southern Judah. Things are never good after that. So when we get into Micah's time, it's a split kingdom. There's there's Judah and and Benjamin that represent the kings of Judah. And then the rest of the tribes represent Israel, their base was in Samaria, uh, the base of Judah was in Jerusalem. So that's why he speaks against Samaria and he speaks against uh, Jerusalem. And this first cycle is his charge, his judgment, what he's found wrong. And he's just, let, the prophet is speaking on behalf of God, bringing a case to the people of what all they have done. And he is ready to basically charge them and tell them what he's gonna do. And, he, and, and we're gonna find out he does all this. At the same time, he gives, a chance for the people that are listening that want to modify their heart or, or maintain. a pro- There are some people that live right, not many, we're told, but he gives people a chance to hold the line, knowing if they hold the line, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So Micah is tough. Now Micah is written way back in in the old times. It, it goes way back uh, early in, the, in in the period of kings. So we're talking about you know. 2,800 years from now, 3,000 years ago, very long time ago. But Micah could easily be written and spoken to us today. It could be God's judgment on our community. It could literally be God's judgment on Southern Illinois right now. We've got things going on right now in Southern Illinois that we've watched over the last few days uh, that that are just abominations to God that are happening here. And it could be God saying, I've had enough of you guys. I've had enough of the United States. I've had enough of the church here today. You've just dropped the ball. You've failed to honor me. And, And here's what's gonna happen. But for those of you that maintain, here's your hope. Micah is as relevant, I think, to us now as probably any book in the Bible is. And I know it's Old Testament. I know it's a minor prophet but I think it really can speak to us today and help us.
2: Well, rebellion has been around since, the garden so absolutely that hasn't gone away it
0: hasn't changed at all but the circumstances are I mean there's so much of it today that that is parallel you don't even have to you know the prostitution he talks about here is spiritual prostitution you've you've caved you've connived you've, you've 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 succumbed to the worldly influences and you basically are calling yourselves Christians on Sunday but you're offering all these worldly sacrifices the rest of your the rest of your week and so you're really playing the prostitute you're not really trusting in the command of God. And I see that over and over. It's very prevalent. Let's take a look at this. in In this first part, we take a look at how uh, God's response responsibility is. He's very serious because he he's wanting to call, call God's people. He's wanting to call them to accountability. So let's take a look at this uh, first little section here, if I can, um, where the judgment is coming against Israel. Verse two, he says, "Attention, let all the people of the of the world listen." So it's not just the Christians there in Jerusalem and Samaria, but but he's speaking to us. And you could honestly say he's speaking to us. Even today, because all the principles of God, they have yet to change, and 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 there's there's going to be a lot of things happen bad here. He, Micah lives through Jotham and Ahaz and Hezekiah, and there were a lot of bad times in those kings. Hezekiah had a little bit of, of a renaissance, but so we're not sure exactly when this was written, but he lived during this time. But Ahaz was one of the worst kings. And things were very bad and he tells everybody to listen to what's happening. And then the the second part, he says, he explains why it's happening. Verse five, he says, because of the rebellion of Israel. When we rebel against God, God is going to hold us accountable and then bring correction. And he says, yes, the sins of the whole nation. And who is to blame for Israel's rebellion? Well, the leaders of its capital city, which is Samaria. But he, he, he doesn't just blame the nation that split away but at this time, even the Judah Kings were not living right. So he also holds a charge against Judah and the capital there is Jerusalem. And so basically he's saying it will lie. Samaria will be a heap of ruins. And he says later on that Jerusalem will be, uh, you know, messed with as well and destroyed. And look at this verse nine, for for my people's wounds are too deep. They're too deep to heal. It has reached even to Judah, even to the gates. So he's saying what the people done, the rebellion, the way they're living has impacted not just uh, one group or this group. It, it's influencing the whole region, and honestly, he says it affects how the whole world is impacted. And I, you can kind of see that today. The world's very small. What's going on here is impacted that. We're right now in Southern Illinois. They're 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 the big battle we have going on this week. And this will date this a little bit, but they're 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 looking at bringing an abortion uh, clinic here to Carbondale, and. The name of the clinic is the Memphis Reproductive Rights Women's Clinic or whatever, health clinic. And you think about that, and I'm from Memphis. Memphis is, my hometown is technically not Memphis, but I grew up most of my life in Memphis, so I consider myself a Memphis boy. Tennessee stood up and outlawed such things. So they, they kind, of, kind of really restricted all this and they don't have those kind of facilities. And so the people stood up there and said, We're, we don't want to have this in our region. We don't want God standing against us. And so the company that owns this has had to go, not just here, they can't go to Kentucky because they've already done it. They can't go to Missouri because they're not supportive of it either. They're going to go three and a half hours and build a clinic for people for Tennessee to come up here to, to sacrifice a life of an unborn child. And and there's, I, there's all kinds of dynamic reasons that would cause a woman to be in that situation. And we're not being, I'm not being unsympathetic to any of those. Those all need to be dealt with. But the concept that, that's being entertained now in Southern Illinois, that we would open a center up here when so many rejected that that's what's happening here. They were rejecting what God said about how you treat innocence, how you do the right things, how you handle things. And, and he brought judgment. You can see that now in our world where, where we're just lining up with different rules and different guidelines, and this is okay here. And this is permissible there. And I realize that there's a separation in secular and worldly and in, in religious society. But, but in this time there was none. And, and really, in reality, there isn't really either when the culture says it doesn't. So the reason we've had this separation of what people go, well, that's what the religious people believe. And this is what secular people believe is because God has become not consequential to all of our people. When God's consequence to all our people, people don't think like that. They don't think, well, you know, what happens on Monday through Saturday is different from the rules that happen on Sunday. What happens when you have people of godly conscience running things, they, they, they look at godly principles and morals 24-7, 365. But we're now in a time where the Christian perspective is very minor. And now it's, we were called in the meeting last night, I wish I had the video of this, but we, those of us that subscribe to a pro-life view were compared to being, we were called Al Qaeda, last night. And pastors that promote a pro-life agenda were called what was the word Beth grifters. grifters. So we're at a stage now where we have got a very split off relationship with God. And the things that we would call good, the world calls I'm, the things we call bad, the world calls okay. And the things that we call bad, the world thinks that we're ridiculous. And so Micah was in a time like that where people had really turned its back on the things of God and God was bringing judgment. And I sit here today thinking, how far do we go before god brings a micah to us so i just want to point it out that
1: can you go back to the the one scripture about sure. how the wounds are too
0: yeah yeah that's good right here verse heal. 9 chapter 1 for my people's wound is too deep to heal
1: yeah can you read that again
0: for my people's wound is too deep to heal it has reached into judah even to the gates of jerusalem and what do you think that's? I just think what's happening to people, what's happening to people's lives are so deep that that almost the only way to do it is to do a purge or a reset or destruction. And, and, and to us, that's barbaric. But but a reset is when you know, it'd be like me wiping my hard drive, say, I've got such a bad virus in my computer. The guy goes, well, we're just gonna wipe your hard drive and start over. God is saying things are so bad, it's almost Sodom and Gomorrah, like, I need to wipe it out. It's almost like I need to wipe everybody out and, and, and like, with, with, the, with the flood, and I need to start over. Jerusalem is so bad, Samaria is so bad, I'm going to let them be carried away and destroyed, and at some point in time, I'll bring a remnant back, and we'll rebuild it.
1: Because I, even the foundation has been...
0: Is rotten. Is rotten. Even the foundation is rotten. And, and we know that in the Bible, in, you know, the cornerstone of Jesus Christ will always be solid. So if, if everything else is bad, we can get back down to Christ, and on Christ alone we can stand. And you build back out. I've been saying that for years with people. When you have problems and, 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 and problems in your faith, strip it back down to where you found Christ and build back up you know, because people will get knowing Christ and go, well, I know, I know Christ, but then I've decided it's okay. If you do this and this, and this God won't mind. Yeah. God will mind. God wrote his Bible. Don't do that. Or don't do this or, or do this and do that. And, and people begin to
1: God knows there is a consequence to those things. It's not just because he doesn't want us to do those things. Exactly. Exactly. It's, It's because he knows the
0: consequence. Yeah. He knows definitely the consequences of this
1: and not his consequence. He not just his consequence. He knows what the natural consequences are of those behaviors,
0: not just because he said, but sometimes, sometimes it's just because he says, yes, okay, because he's testing whether we'll be obedient. And sometimes he's, he's made laws and reasons because he knows what it can harm us physically, right, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, just just the weight of that, right, you know, you know, right now, we're sitting in society right now. And, and we're we're just through COVID. And the media is cranked up on the monkeypox monkeypox is being talked about all over monkeypox is I mean, there's cases of it here and there. But you go look and see how monkeypox is spread. How does monkeypox spread? It's through direct uh, bloodlet drop contact. And it's primarily it's primarily spread between sexual contact between men. 90 95% of the cases, it can be it can't you can do enough drop it, it can be spread other ways. But ninety five percent of monkeypox is a sexually transmitted disease. And we're being told to prepare for it being the next COVID. Number one
1: That's not possible.
0: It's not possible. But but that's how that disease is spread. And and God told us not to do such things. And it wasn't just because he didn't want that activity. Maybe he just doesn't want that activity because it's not what he ordained, but it's also because it also carries with it consequences biologically that can be dangerous. Right. It's just so we look at these things and we go, well, God's archaic and He's barbaric and you know, love is love, but God sometimes just has our best interest in mind, right? And we have to decide whether we're going to give Him first place or second place or third place, and whether we're going to give give Him obedience, you know, over our will, and that has to do with free will and our decision. Now, interesting in this text, the people had been going pretty well. Let's take a look at a guy named Thomas. Uh, Edward McComiskey, he's a, he's, a, he's a guy that wrote in the Exposition Bible, Expositors Bible. And he says about uh, this Daniel Malachi, this is in Malachi. He's got a book on Daniel Malachi, but this is on, he uh, it talks about Micah. He says, in particular, he, my emphasis God through Micah, Uh, singled out Jerusalem, not only because of the corruption of its leaders, but also because of its future glory. We all, everybody in this room knows how important Jerusalem is in God's plan, it's the center. But also because of its future glory, a central motive in the prophetic theology of hope. And so basically what he's saying is, He's going to hold Samaria uh, accountable. He's going to hold Jerusalem accountable. He's going to reset it because he needs Jerusalem to be holy because there'll be a time where that city has to shine. He's going to bring correction because God, despite the sin, he's going to give people a chance by bringing a remnant that will come forth and offer hope. So Micah is just telling you there's problems, but then God's gonna God, God's gonna have to fix this thing. Uh, there's another good theologian, uh, Samuel Schultz. Uh, he writes in um, in the Old Testament by um, by exploring the Old Testament. It's a book out by Crossway. He says Micah seems to use a play on words with the city names that sound like the words of impending outcome of each. And so when I was reading all those different hard names, when you heard me read each of the different city names, they were very difficult, like Gath. The word gath means to tell. Afra means dust. Agshib means to deceive. Marshath means to conquer. So when we were re- when I was reading that, there was a there was a message inside the message to the Hebrews, and they would have understood as you kind of went through this that don't tell our enemies in gath, don't weep at all. The word gath means tell. I mean, and you people in Beth- Lepre, it says roll in the dust to show your despair. You people in Bethlehem, that's the city of dust. So the city was already, city. so God was bringing judgment and and making comments about places because maybe that's what they were already in. I mean, they were already being prescribed to that. Um, I love this. What Micah does here for us is uh, he, he he does amazing stuff here. Let me show this in Micah chapter one, uh, one, verse 10. Don't tell our enemies in Gath. You see that, that's the tale. Your people in Bethlehem, the dust. You people in Shephra go as exiles into exile, naked and ashamed. And I, I, I didn't know if I showed you this or not, but but I don't think I gave you, the Shephra has one and I, I didn't pull it out. Peoples in Ann dare not to come outside the walls. The people of Bethlehepra, that's called the neighbor's house. So So mourn for their house has no support. So how do you go to your neighbor's house if it has no support? So this is ri- written just amazingly. Mm-hmm. So God not only gives a prophecy, but he gives a prophecy by naming the towns and showing what's happened to them and what their fate is based on what's already occurring. And he's basically saying they're living out their namesake. The people of Maroth, like it's, the word Maroth would mean bitter, anxiously await for relief, but they only have bitterness. So mm-hmm. they're, they're living into that. I guess my question will be, Will someday will Carbondale become a bitter name? Will it become a name of dust? Will, will the United States be be less than what it is as a great nation someday because we failed to, will, will the, will we think of it now as a place where people come for freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom to kind of grow into their own. Will someday, will it have a context like this in some future prophecy that God gives? I hope not. I mean, our prayer is not our prayers that, that God would bless us. The eventual outcome of all of this that we read in Micah one is that there'll be a destruction, there'll be an accountability and it cannot be avoided. He's basically telling the prophet, this is going to happen.
1: Right? Because how can God bless a nation that refuses to,
0: and here we're talking about multiple nations. He's not, it's multiple cities, multiple nations. He's going to bring judgment on. Why would we think that he's going to avoid ours? When we come and we stand before God for what we've done in our day, Micah is given to us so we don't repeat Micah. is given to us so that we can do a different way. And what makes me concerned is we have Micah, but we seem to be walking down Micah's path. Right. You'd like to think we as a Christian nation would be smarter, but are we really a Christian nation? Or are we just a Christian nation on Sunday for a few people that are extremists? It's amazing, the cities here, uh, were seemingly wealthy, they, they were successful that we're talking about here, but only as a result of doing what was wrong. And when you do what's wrong, the punishment of God ultimately is unavoidable. And it, it, it's so true that sometimes, even oftentimes our accomplishments can end up being the source of our downfalls. Sometimes we can be so successful that we think we did it ourselves, that we didn't need God, that, that we were smarter than Him. And next thing you know, we've turned our back on God. Mm -hmm. So I guess one of my early questions would be for us is what will be ours? What will be our source as a nation, as a community, as Illinois, as Southern Illinois, as, as a world, what will be our, what will be our, maybe our accomplishment that's caused our downfall? You know, is, is it the ability to, 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 to be able to take life so easy. We've learned how to take life with a pill. You know, we we've learned, you don't even need the clinic anymore, just a prescription, you know, can take care of this, you know, and, and will our downfall be our, our, our wisdom that we used it for harm rather than good, instead of figuring out how to use the wisdom to, to elate, to, to end poverty or to, to, to end murder or to end a lot of things we've used it to end life. And and, and disease or disease the
1: disease that could have been cured by now if, if those things had been directed in the right.
0: Maybe. I heard I heard I heard an argument last night, and I'm not trying to be controversial on this. this we're, we don't try to do that on the doc. But I heard one of the arguments at the. You, you need to go watch it. It would be what, today's the what? Twenty what fifth. The twenty fifth of May. So if you go back, I'm dating the episode, so I'm sorry about that. But we're taping this a little bit earlier for season two. But if you go back and look at the city council meeting from yesterday, the twenty fourth. There's one person that says, "You know, we need to allow reproductive abortion because African Americans are don't have access to it, and they have four times to six times, maybe even seven times likely in our region to have maternal deaths as a result result of birth. So the women here, the African American women need access to abortion to save their lives. And I'm thinking, that's a tragic thing. I mean, if, if, if there are really, because of lack of good OBGYN care, lack of maternal care, lack of prenatal care, if there are really such extraordinary high five, six, seven hundred percent death increases between black women, African American women having their children and white women having their children here in Southern Illinois, then that is a health crisis. We, we need to be looking at why are these women not getting the care they need? And what, what came across in the meeting is one woman got up and shared, I'm going to medical school to be a doctor, but the reason we need to allow this clinic to be here is because nobody wants to be an OBGYN because of these controversial surgeries. They don't wanna be involved with it. They don't wanna to have to do it. They don't wanna to have to manage this care. So we'll need these special clinics to be able to handle this special stuff because this will be the only way African American women can get this need met. And I'm sitting here thinking another person gets up, another African American says, they don't actually speak for the whole African-American community, even though they said they did. I also speak for the black community. And I'm here to tell you that yes, the, the, the death rates are four or five times higher. This person was from New York area in New York. Statistically it's been proven for, for black children. But has anybody thought to think we're all talking about the fact that you are just saying there are no black caregivers in Southern Illinois. There's almost nobody to be able to be a medical caregiver, to help these women that they trust but the rate of abortion amongst African-Americans is almost four to five times higher. Wouldn't that mean we're aborting than aborted? the rate, of, the rate of, 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 white, of white kids. Wouldn't that mean that every child aborted is one child that could have been a doctor that could have been, you're, you're actually eradicating your own solution.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I know it's a complex thought here, but they're arguing that they need to have access to it because of the death. But what if it's in the children that are being killed that we're losing the healers, and losing the people that will create solution and in creating the economic strength. Because if you're keeping that population down, that population can never grow into its own community and its own share of the nation. In other words, it's holding it back. And so I think in this case, the abortion doesn't help that solution. I think the problem is a different problem. And it needs to be addressed with a different answer. And so people are making rationales because of because of this orange problem here, we need to kill the apple. And I'm thinking, man, maybe in some of these children we're losing are the answers for tomorrow. And we've gotta be careful when we take God's providence and we take away people's future of hope, we also take away how God may have been bringing change and we reap what we sow. And so to me, when we start being providential and sovereign over God and over life, we begin to take great risks. So what will ours be? What will our arrogance cause us? I mean, it's a complex subject, so I don't know what you ladies think or Lucas thinks, but. But you, you have to listen to what they were saying yesterday. They were making some very obtuse arguments on valid issues, but they had nothing to do with reproductive rights.
1: It wasn't the answer. It wasn't the it answer.
0: Line up, the answer was to, better to, care. So t- to me, it's a lack of vision. Absolutely. For the world that we live in and the, a lack of hope. And, and nowhere in the process was there anybody that said anything about a uh, lack of personal responsibility, you know, because there are unwanted pregnancies and there's a way to stop unwanted pregnancies. Right don't do unwanted things that cause pregnancies. You know, and, and, and that's a whole nother discussion on that. You know, we everybody has that we've we've all dealt with that. But in the bottom line is we have to be responsible for our actions before God. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. I, I, I had told you the other day about a political addict, Saw where the anyway, one of the statements they made was um, that this candidate, he's gone too far in his support of the unborn.
2: How can, <laughs> sorry, how, how can
0: you they go too said,
1: far <laughs> in his support of the unborn,
0: he's gone too far. Just
1: Yeah. But just the fact that they use the word, the unborn
0: yeah,
1: and they didn't God. say anything about fetus or crisis pregnancies, or, you know, he's gone too far in his support of the unborn. Even they know they're even the side that's for it is acknowledging these are babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's life. Yeah. We, we've yeah. got a real, and, and all and they're this saying, and we still stand by our, and we still stand by our stance.
0: Well, and, and last night we were called, I mean, only 8% of the people don't support the idea of abortion. You, you people are narrow-minded. You're bigots. Your pastors are grifters. You people should be Al Qaeda. You're worse than Afghanistan Muslims, you know, it. we were, we, this is by a sitting councilman for Carbondale, a loose is his name. L O O S. He made this. I mean, he went on a rant for 20 minutes and did nothing but abuse Christians that have a biblical worldview. I mean, it was very abusive. It was the most abusive I've ever seen anybody sitting in. I've never seen anybody in Congress chair or Senate chair be that hateful. Yeah. I've never seen it happen right in Carbon. So, and, and let me say to you, nobody else was that spewed of venom from the platform, but there were others that shared the sentiment, but they were able to say it nicer. Right. And it just tells you. I mean, Micah had troubles. I mean, in the time of Micah, they, their, their society was falling apart. God held them accountable. Micah could be speaking to us in a time that we need to turn the tide here or God's gonna hold us accountable at some point in time. Let me say this. The, he, this charge in Micah 1 is against the people in general. And the Hebrew people were being led by people, by leaders of that day and whose motives were not acceptable to God. And so my question for us is, could this be said of our leaders today? Do we have leaders today that are not standing for God's motives and not representing God's morals right? And as a such, are they putting us in jeopardy? Are we putting ourselves in jeopardy? And could we have leaders today, second question, that, that, that have less than godly motives? Well, I mean, last night when I watched that, it was, I mean, not anti-godly, he wasn't ungodly, he wasn't atheistic, he was anti-godly. Mm-hmm. It was it was literally made, it made fun of us. And so we have to decide if that's going to be the future of a nation who puts their trust in God, then at some point in time, you're no longer a nation that puts your trust in God. Mm-hmm. And you're standing right there where Micah is prophesying to a broken Samaria, a broken Jerusalem, and all those other nations, he said, and what he says is God's judgment is just and true, it's coming. Mm-hmm. And so it's a harsh thing to say. But we live in what I want to say is a broken and uh, con- a broken world. And when, when we did this, Studying Mike, I had this concept that I want to try to get across here in our last few minutes. We don't have much time left, but uh, I want to get this across. They, they were letting the people of, of Micah's time, Israel, Judah, they were letting all kinds of false beliefs into their DNA. The Jews, the Hebrews had a biblical model to follow, but they weren't following it because the reason they weren't following it was they had instead of doing what Moses was told by God and Joshua was told by God, get rid of those people from among my holy land, uh, put out the Canaanite, the seven different tribes of the Canaanite people, get them out. Don't intermarry with them. Don't, 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 uh, make treaties with them, get rid of these people. They weren't able to do it. They they were able to do it, but they would never work together to do it. So as a result, think about this, they actually let them stay. And now we're hundreds of years later and the ones they let stay have now intermarried with all of the Jews, the Hebrews, the society is mingled with not just the Hebrew people, but also people that are from all these other cultures, religious perspectives outside the Lord God almighty. And what, what's crazy about this is you find that. Now the world is in peril. God is saying, I'm gonna bring my judgment. Samaria's gonna fall, Jerusalem's gonna fall. Why? Because you've let that take over. And it's the combination, I wanna call this synchronizing. And we're gonna talk about this a lot throughout this. It's where you fuse two different forms of world in together. You've got God's people and their, and their command. You've got the world and all these other f- religions. And you all of a sudden start getting this hybridized uh, let me call it for that day. For their day, it would have been their modernized culture, neither Hebrew nor Canaanite. But you get wholly other. I think we we have a lot of that going on today. We were a nation founded by Christ. We were pilgrims coming to worship. This was a nation up until even the f- 1950s, you know, nobody would argue that this was a Christian nation and God we trust. We, the, the 10 commandments were on every courtroom wall. They were taught in the schools, prayer happened in schools. And then in 1950s and sixties, that began to back off and seventies more. And now, I mean, now they're, they're, they're firing football coaches that would have a pre-game prayer with their players. I mean just firing them i mean and, and used to be well the students could lead prayer well now they're not even letting the students lead prayer they're like well and it's not gonna be
1: long before the students don't even remember what it was our country was founded on or
0: how how to pray working, what it's about
1: yeah they've been working really hard at undermining
0: our rewrite history re-write, rewrite the history right. what this is called is synchronizing when you take the kind of the both worlds and you fuse it together, you kind of get this fusion uh, kind of thing. And I I think largely that's kind of where we are today. They had a fusion culture there. And as a result of that fusion culture, uh, God wasn't happy. God wanted them to stay faithful. He wanted to stay available and teachable by him. And they had really kind of lost that. Uh, Thomas uh, Micah that we talked about earlier, he says, it is as if Micah saw in the fall of each town and the eventual captivity of the two kingdoms, because they would both fall, to the, one to the Syrians, other to the Babylonians, but they would both fall. He saw the captivity of the two kingdoms as the final dissolution of the Davidic monarchy. David's reign would be taken down. Now we know a king of David will rule forever, and that's Jesus. Jesus would come back and reestablish that. So there is hope on the horizon. And we know that David's line stayed there through the line of Judah. Some were good, some were bad, but God honored his promise the best that he could. But the people rejected God all that they could to the point that God couldn't stand it. So instead of God blessing the nations, he basically just protected a few kernels of seed to plant for later. I mean, that crazy. It's just really crazy what he did. So do do you guys think do you see in any way in which we're seeing a synchronization of Christianity today to secular human uh, inclusive philosophies today where we're being changed? The DNA of America is being rewritten Mm -hmm. In, in a Micah type form. I think it's happening right now. The Canaanites of today are are mixing with Christianity, and there's something wholly other coming out.
1: Yeah, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's it's infected every part of our lives. I mean, it's it's not just one thing. It's not just it's abortion. Everywhere. It's infected every area of our lives.
0: I mean, everywhere. It's 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 it, 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 every area. I just look at my head and go, oh my, oh my. Right. And what I saw when I was in seminary when I went to seminary in 1991, 92 at Emory. The people that are, that are, that are leading the charge of this other fusion world that's anti-Christ, that's taken some Christian concepts, married it to some pagan philosophy, and they have this holy other kind of antithetical theology born today, these were students that I went to school with. They would sit out as student protesters protesting certain actions. And now they're the bishops of the church, they're leading the church. The the extremists of my seminary days are now the in vogue. And and these students that were causing this thought process sat on the steps, interrupted things, they boycotted things, they caused problems. And now today they see me as the problem. I'm the boycotter, I'm sitting on the steps, I'm the Al Qaeda. It is completely flipped in my ministry career of 33 years, right Beth? 32, 33 years, it's flipped so that I am now Al Qaeda. Right. We're on the outside. Christianity that's evangelical, that's that, that has the Bible at its center is now considered on the outside. It's the intolerable.
2: Well, you can expect moral decay in the world, but it's infiltrating into Christian yes. faiths or faiths that have been Christian historically. And so now it's diluting uh, the DNA of the yeah. Christian church, the church, big C, yeah. the church. And so that's why you've got a split within that Christian realm of who is a more liberal church that says they're a Christian church Mm -hmm. and who is more evangelical and more conservative with their, their values and more Bible based. That's that's a great
0: great question. I gave an example when we preached the message that if Christianity is a horse and it's the, it's the thoroughbred of faith, then you get over here, you get a donkey, And let's call that the world religion. The other things, the stubborn donkey. You know, God says, "My people that are not my special people, the other people will be stubborn like mule or like donkeys. They'll have kind of a a different, whole different paradigm." When you take a whole different paradigm like a donkey and you mate it with a horse, you get a mule. Mm -hmm. You get a mule. And if you know anything about mating a donkey with a with a horse, you get a mule. A mule is sterile. Mm -hmm. It's unreproductive. It's an animal that can live. But it's an animal that that cannot thrive it cannot reproduce it cannot have life going on and right now christianity's been abducted by donkeys and we're putting out mules and you do not see a thriving of the church at all because those churches born out of that marriage are incestuous Their, their, their their dna is not right and though it can function for a season it can't flourish with the blessing of God. Right. No. It just can't do God it. God won't bless it. Yeah. yeah. He he won't do bless it. It. And, and I guys, I think, I think we see a lot of warning signs. Uh I God is sending us to tell us to live humbly, that we need to, listen, I, I know we've talked about some controversial things. I'm not wanting to beat anybody up. I do pe- think people have the freedom to choose these things. You know, God didn't say you have to be Christian. He just tells the Christians to be Christian. Don't conform yourself to the world. Stand outside it. Remember we're ambassadors or we're not supposed to cave and live like them. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of it. We're supposed to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So we can't stop people from choosing to do secular worldly things. And if the world has gone secular, it's part of our fault. We surrendered it, but he says to them, I'm going to wipe this out. But the only people we'll find this out in the next episode that are going to survive will be the remnant that are faithful. He's telling the Christians to maintain and how do we do that? We have to live humbly. We have to live humbly before the Lord and trust God uh, to help us through that. Um, I think I'm going to stop there and I'm going to come back in the second episode. I've got some video in the second episode that's going to be so good. You do not want to miss part two of our Micah series because I'm going to show you a video that just shows you how twisted and upside down our world is today and how the mentality could be. We could be in Micah. And I've got a wonderful illustration, I'm gonna show you that, of how we can take something that was meant to be very positive, encouraging, and how quickly we can socialize it, synchronize it, and turn it into a perversion. And I'm gonna do this on, on something that's totally, uh, it's, it's not a controversial subject. Well, maybe it is. It's, it's your iPhone. So we're gonna talk about your iPhone when you come back, and I'm gonna show you how we can just twist philosophy real quick. And it's really a sad thing. And we'll get to that. But I hope you've been enjoying this. I know the first one, Mike is tough. Mike is tough. The first one, because he's just gonna he just, he's just torching us and we're going to, he says, You're, this is my charge, but I want to promise you part two is the second part of cycle one and he's gonna tell us that there is a hope. And I wanna tell you what the hope is, and we're gonna keep going in this Micah series. It's a great series. I hope you'll continue to join us with that. Um, It's it's, like I said, it's just gonna be excellent. The key is, is that you are faithful to Jesus Christ, is that you ground yourself and root yourself in, and we can all get caught up in the worldly things and get pulled into things. What you need to do is just repent of those things that that are not of God and put yourself back on the right path. If you've been going the wrong direction, turn it around and head toward God. All of us have sinned, Here, I'll put the scripture up. All have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all make mistakes. And God loves us despite the fact that we're sinners. And all we have to do is look to the cross. And when we look to the cross, it will naturally make us turn around where we were going is toward death, but we can go to eternal life. That's Romans six twenty three, And all we have to do is walk toward the door where he's knocking, that's Jesus. Jesus is wanting all of us to trust him. I know that sounds old fashioned. I know that sounds so crazy, but for every nation, and every people that trusted in God, he has blessed them. And we need to get back on that. And we're all about that here at On The Dock. So we hope we've encouraged you today. I know it's a tough text, but we are gonna come back in part two, Micah chapter two, verses one through 13. I'm gonna start off with a killer video on it and i'm going to show you how our society can take a incredible spiritually gifted song and they can turn it into a bunch of commercial synchronized Fusion. Girls, you're going to love this. Lucas is going to love it. We'll, we'll see you when we get back to this. Hey, you can continue to watch us at onthedoc.org, info at onthedoc.org, and you can find us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, as well as Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonet. We'd love to hear from you. Go to those platforms, check it out, and we want to hear your questions. We would love to hear your comments. Uh, Donna, check that social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, get her, just reach out to her, let her have it. She'd be loved to be in dialogue on behalf of our team with you about those subjects. And we encourage you, go back if you can, go to the archives for Carbondale City Council, May 20, maybe yesterday, 24th, uh, 2022. Go listen to that presentation and go listen to some of those arguments and wait till Councilman Luce presents his version of just who he thinks Christians are that believe in the Bible. And you're gonna be shocked that this is somebody speaking in the United States of America, a nation founded on God. And so when you get to those platforms, hit subscribe, like, notify, share it with other people. We'd always love to have you as a Patreon partner or sponsor. And if you don't have a church to go to, we'd love to have you at Community Faith Church. Ten o'clock on Sundays, Wednesdays, 6 30. We'd love to have you. And we're at coftv.com. You can watch us there as well. Our embedded viewer viewer. You can get links, you can get an address, you can get a hold of us. We'd love to have you out at community faith church. Ladies, thank you so much. You guys got any closing comments? We're just getting started oh yeah we're just getting started lucas you got anything guys thanks so much for being here and we'll see you back for part two of micah live humbly we're here on the dock with pastor Troy. we'll see you soon